Okay, so we are up to chapter two, Hamshech Ayim Beis. The discourse a series called Series Seven, Series Seventy Two. So after the opening chapter, where we discussed the uh, opening questions on the verse, on the statement that uh, when Israel proceeded to to say to do, that we will do and then we will understand and then we will hear discussion about the crowns that they were uh, given. We began to discuss the concept of a crown. Kesser, the three different interpretations and what a Kesser is and what Kesser means. This the cosmic level of Kesser. The three interpretations from the Pardis that Kesser is um, the three meanings that one is interpretation of uh, uh, to pause or restraint which includes both restraint and hope. The second, that it's crown, literally a crown, above all the other parts of the body. And the third, that it's encircling, it encompasses. So he began to explain the concept of Kesser, as Kesser is the level of Rotsen, the level of will, which is the beginning and first step of the interface, of any interface that connects to outside of itself. It is the, the essential... Um, uh, bridge that begins to connect something to what it wants, what you desire. And this is uh, the level of Ratzin. And then every level, whatever it is, whatever world, whatever entity, whatever um, desire there is, it is the Ratzin, is the will between the one who wills and the object of what he or she wants that creates that bridge. And that is the level of Kesser, that ultimate intermediary, um, that uh, the awakening, the stirring of something within you to reach to something outside of you. And that, of course, is the beginning of all of existence. has to begin in that way where something, the designer or the one who wills it, had the stirring and awoken within himself, within the divine, within God, the will to want something. And that creates a connection, a relationship. So to have a relationship between two things, which is the meaning of an interface, the interface between the divine and existence, you need to have that kesser, the level of Ratsana will. So before... The, that stirring takes place, you're completely detached and unrelated to the thing that it is that you want. And once there's a stirring, the rotsen is awakened, and that there are many levels of that rotsen, that begins and establishes a connection. Even though we don't yet have anything in place, but we have the beginnings of what will be coming because the stirring is there. So now we begin chapter 2. And now it's known. So he's now introducing another term called Er Makif. How do you spell it? Makif is M-A-K-I-F. Er is a rutsen, will, desire for something, is Er Makif. Er Makif means an encompassing energy. Makif literally means to surround. Like it says in the verse, that um, like the will that 
Tartrena that you have that you've crowned me, referring to something that is like a crowning force, something that surrounds. The This is what separates the willpower, the faculty of will from all other faculties. That all these faculties all come as an or pnimi, which is the contrast to or makuf. Or makuf means a surrounding energy, a surrounding light. Or pnimi means a permeating, a penetrating, an internalized energy. So all the faculties, they all come in a form of pnimi, which means an energy inside of a container. So now begins a long discussion, before he's even going to go back to will. And the Ormakiv is going to be at the beginning of the discussion now that's going to span several chapters. That's going to all discuss the meaning of internalized faculties. In other words, first we understand the contrast, and then we go back to understand the meaning of the will, which is in the form of Makiv. This will go for, um, let's just see, for 45 chapters. 45 chapters is going to be a map of the internal structure of existence before we get to what willed it into being, which is the interface that made it happen in the first place. So in a way, he's going like backwards now. After he stated the opening statement that this is, that the bridge, the interface is created by the will, which is the stirring of something, and now he's going to understand the nature of that stirring, to understand the nature of that will, that first bridge, that leaves, that that uh, transmits, that channels the internal, the internal um, desire. He's going to discuss the structure of existence right now, and by dissecting that structure, and it's all about the, the structure of the structure of an orpnimi, how things function, uh, functional level, we will understand what makes it function and how it came into being in the first place. So you have the ability now to uh, forty-five chapters. Okay, it's going to take a little while. Then he shall return and, and return to this subject matter. I was just looking where. Be more than that. So. Now, what is Ur Pnimi? He defines it by the concept of Ur Bikeli, an energy within a container. Before we even go into a discussion here, he's going to use the example of the human body, the human uh, organism, and then apply that to the divine organism, to the divine body, or uh, because we're creating the divine image. So chapters 2 and 3, and four are going to describe it all within the human structure. And chapters five and on 
he's going to explain how it is all in the divine structure. So before we go there, let me just uh, give a small introduction of what this word Ur and Kaili means. Ur literally means either light, more be better translated as energy. And Kaili means container. Um, Best one, one example that is a good example for this would be, let's say, we're looking right now at a book. The book has, there's letters on the page, there's white space, and then there's the ideas that these letters or these words convey. So the letters on the page are containers. They are containers. Without them, the ideas would not be impossible to communicate. Even if we didn't look into the book, we'd need words to communicate with each other. So take away words, take away letters, take away any containers. You really just have so-called abstract light, abstract energy. The ideas, however, are is the energy within, contained in these containers, in these words, in these phrases. So it's letters that make up words, words make up sentences, sentences become paragraphs, paragraphs become chapters, and so on. So what would it be if you only had containers? Then you just have words that would mean nothing. Meaningless words. Anybody can just write up a bunch of meaningless words. When you have ideas without words, you have energy without containers. When you have containers without ideas, you have when you have words without ideas, you have containers without energy. So you can say a healthy entity, every healthy entity that expresses itself has what is being expressed, that's the energy and the light. And there's how it's being expressed, what tools, what instruments, what containers are being used to express it. I pour you a cup of water. The cup is the container. The water is what you're drinking. Anything in this material world needs a container and energy. We're going to learn about the different balances and imbalances between light and energy. Light energy, I'm sorry, energy and container, which really defines, if you want to give a diagnosis of the welfare or health of any particular organism, entity, relationship, anything, you can almost, not almost, but you can use this as a way of defining it. How much energy is there? How much containers? Are they working well to, together? Is the problem on the container level? Is the problem on the energy level? Sometimes people have very good intentions, but they don't know how to express it. Some people not express where their intentions are not so good. So it's all about a symbiotic harmony, a symmetry between container and energy that makes things work. And when one doesn't work well, the other one is compromised. So if you have a machine, so the mechanics of the machine are built a certain way. If something breaks down, the power can be flowing in. The machine is still trying to do what it does, but the container, the, one of the pieces, is broken and needs to be fixed. If you have a machine that's completely functional, but there's no electricity, there's no juice, energy, you have containers that are lacking energy. If you have a machine that doesn't have focus, you don't have a captain of the ship, you don't have someone who knows how to run the show, you have an equal problem. So basically... We're dealing with here is a uh, a, a relationship between Ur and Kali. So now he's going to explain this 
in detail, using faculties, human faculties as an example, which, as I said, will lead us into understanding it on a, uh, on a divine level. She begins, Like the power of the intellect, of the seichel, of the mind, the moich shabaresh, the brain of the head. So you have two things here. Koyach is the faculty of intelligence. And you have moich shabaresh is the container which contains intelligence. It's the brain inside the head. Another example, the the faculty of vision in the eye vessel. So the eye is a vessel, and the power to see is the power, the energy, the R within. The the power of hearing in the ears. So we have here three, the, the, the mind in the brain, sight in the eye, hearing in the air. You have here an example, the container and energy. And they both need to function well. They both are going to be tailored to each other, as he's going to explain. And all this, as I said, is a long explanation. I mean, it's not irrelevant. It's the structure of existence, which in turn is going to lead us to bring existence, reconnect it, the interface to its source, and that which is beyond existence, but put existence into place. Every faculty has a specific and unique container that is tailored, that is measured according to its its mezeg, its, uh, its um, personality, according to its, I'm trying to find the translation, its mezeg aver can be the environment. Mezeg means according to its Unique uh, elements with chunosi and personality. That does not manifest, that does not dress up in another garment. So that's the first rule of a of a of a of a pnimi. The first rule of an internal energy, which is sh- which is defined by an energy in a container, is that every faculty, every energy has a tailored and, and appropriately fitting container that fits that particular personality and nature of that energy. And it doesn't manifest in another container. So every container is fitting to the energy that it contains. So for example, an example I used before, if you were to convey ideas, but you used wording that were completely foreign to the idea, You'd confuse everybody. You'd use wording that don't that does that that is in, disorganized. Maybe trying to convey the idea, but it's not well well articulated. So you, then you have containers that are not fitting to the necess- to the to the energy, the idea that wants to be conveyed. Or if it's a very subtle idea, and you use words that are very gross and not subtle, that too, then you have containers that are not fitting to the message. So it's like form and function have to work very well together. The design and the expression has to be very fitting to what is being expressed. And that's where you find what we call poetry, what we call eloquence, what we call a harmony, where both the container, the words or whatever container, is a fitting vessel, a fitting container to that which is being conveyed.
The power to see does not dress up in the air. It doesn't manifest in the air. And the power to hear doesn't go into the eye. And the same thing with the intellect and the mind. does not ma- manifest specifically in the brain and the head and not in any other of the organs or parts of the human being. So that's the first statement. They fit each other. There's a certain tailoring and fitting element of energy and container are fitting into each other in almost a perfect fashion. Seamlessly. Now he's going to qualify this because obviously it's not so black and white. Because you could see, for example, the mind will use different faculties and different parts of the body to express itself. And he's giving an example. So even though we see that the mind does manifest, slapsus means literally to dress up. It's like someone dressing in a garment. Here we're talking about the faculties dressing in the garments of their particular containers. So we see the dressing up of the, of the mind, manifestation of the mind, also in the arm and the leg. Where do we see it? Like when you write letters. When you're writing, there is within what you're writing an intelligence, a wisdom. In addition, beyond the manifestation of intelligence in the actual writing of the words, there's an intelligence, just the mere fact that you can take a pen in your hand or a pencil and write something, there's an intelligence in that. You see someone that doesn't have intelligence, like a child, doesn't have that the training, can't even write. We're not even talking about what you're writing. The mere fact that you take your hand and you write something, so in addition to that, beyond that, Just to bring ideas into writing, that you can say, okay, that idea, that idea you could say, you know what, the fact that you have intelligence to write something, that's only, it doesn't mean the hand is a container tailored for intelligence. It means intelligence has the ability to travel through your hand. It's like an instrument. So the intelligence where it rests, it's tailored, is the brain itself. But the hand has the ability to communicate, to use, to be an instrument to express that idea, just like your mouth can express ideas that come from your brain, from your mind. But in addition to that, in the, besides the fact that you are, um, as I just said, I have to correct myself. This Levad was not just the intelligence in writing. It's also the intelligence that's expressed in writing. Levad You know, the fact is that... It's not, so I'm, I'm going to qualify what I said. I said before that it's the intelligence, the mere intelligence that you can write, whereas as, as a child or someone doesn't have intelligence can't write. No. The ideas that you write are, are manifestation of intelligence that are expressed in writing. 
So the actual ideas, you could say, are passing through the, the hand, that is the writing hand. So he says, in addition, in the mere fact that you're making shape of letters, there's an intelligence in, in actually shaping letters. Intelligence that's necessary to write an A or B. You see an animal can't just do that. I mean, you have these examples, these, are these exceptions of training, but not the way naturally that comes to human being. And that's called the, the work, the wisdom, the intelligence of writing, the skill of writing. It means literally the work, but is like the skill of writing skill, which is also a wisdom. And specifically an artist, someone who's an artist, which is a great wisdom. In general, someone who is a, uh, a skilled craftsman, someone who's good with their hands. It's not just that he has a, a good hand. And you could say he just has a good hand. Some people are trained, they have precise hands, they have good hands. You say it, person has, you know, he's good with his hands. It's not just that his hand is is a uh, is, is 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 a skilled one. The but the, the the source of it is an intelligence that he has an intelligence. He has a skill, a talent in malachas hayad in the in the crafts in craftsmanship, the work of the hands in writing, in artistry, in drawing, or in weaving. Or in uh, um, or in uh, knitting, So he has a an art. That artistic skill is not just a hand skill. There's an, uh, there's an intelligence in, within it all. And look inside what the Rambam, the parenthesis he has, what Maimonides writes in his classic. It's called the Shemayin Prokum, the eight chapters, chapter one. So that's in the arms. The same thing, there's also seichel, intelligence, that manifests in the leg, like dancing, etc., for example. So dancing too, there's a wisdom, there's a wisdom, there's a skill and a wisdom within dancing. So we have here is a question on the table. We just said that the definition of erpnimi, of an internalized energy. The definition is that it consists of an oil and a keli, of an energy and a container that are tailored for each other, and that every energy has its particularly unique container, the mind and the brain, the eyes and the, the sight and the eyes, hearing and the ears. We see that the mind can also manifest in other containers, like in the arm. So beyond the fact that the intelligence that you write through your hands, which can be seen as just traveling through. You see there's an intelligence, there's a wisdom in how one uses their hands, whether it's in artistry or in weaving or in dance, and the legs and dancing and so on. So he explains now, This manifestation of wisdom, of intelligence, is not in the actual organs, in the actual arm and the leg. This manifestation is in the faculties that are the faculties that manifest within the arm and the leg. 
in the faculty of movement, of the hand movement, and the faculty of walking with the legs, of how you use your legs. And this is slapsus, this manifestation is the faculties have an ability to manifest on one another. In other words, what he's saying is that when the mind, the brain is inside the mind, there the physical mind is a container for the intelligence. When the mind is being is using the arm, the hands, or the legs to do something intelligent, what he mentioned here, whether whether artistry or other types of handwork, craftsmanship, that's not that the hand is suddenly a container for the brain, for the mind, as the brain is. It's that the faculties themselves, the spiritual faculties, the energy work with each other well. So it's all a slapshot of the iris of the energies with one another, not of the energy within different containers. So it's not a contradiction to what he said earlier. Every energy has its container, but the energies themselves have a uh, cooperative relationship that they can use and work with each other. The liyesim keiches primim, since they are internal faculties, internal energies, internal lights, therefore they manifest to one another. They dress up in one another. A higher faculty manifests in a lower faculty and it governs it and it rules it. So the faculties interact with each other in that way. However, there's a condition. This manifestation of the faculties and relationship they have with each other is specifically dafka when these faculties are manifest within containers. As it sells elsewhere. In other words, if they were not within containers, if they were only in the soul, the power to see, the power to hear, the power of intelligence, then they would not have this symbiotic relationship. It's when they are in the containers that's when the faculties are able to function and speak to each other. And what manifests from one faculty to another is only a reflection of the faculty. Not the actual faculty that manifests within the, the, the organ that is fitting to it. In other words, when the hands weave or, or knit, or paint something, an artistic picture, or the feet dance, there, number one is the faculties are working with each other. Number two, they're only giving a reflection of one to the other. You can't say the hand is like the brain. The hand is not the resting place, the fitting container for the mind. The ears are not the container for the, for the eyes. The hand is a container for movement. The hand is connected for grabbing something. The faculty of the brain, of the mind, can talk to the faculty of the hand and use it, but it's only a reflection of it, not the actual faculty within. So you can't say the, head, the, the intelligence of the human being is resting inside the hand. It passes through, as we said, maivr, and even that which manifests is only manifests in a form of reflection. So, so basically he's saying that, for example, the intelligence we write, so the intelligence is clearly from the mind, passing through the arms. But when you, for example, artistry, where there's a wisdom even in how you use your hands, the artistry, an artist has hands that uses intelligently, that too is only a reflection, it's only on the fact, it's only on the faculty level and only of reflection. 
And this is uh, amplified. You could see it more powerfully in the in the in the faculty of intelligence, the way it manifests in the faculty of movement and uh, and uh, and walking, leg movement of the arm and the leg. When they manifest in the arm and the leg intelligence, it's not the true essence of intelligence that's manifesting that is manifesting the way it's manifests in the brain inside the head. That's what manifests in the arm and the leg is only what we call Seichel Hamaisi. It's only the intelligence in action. It doesn't have the abstraction and the profundity that intelligence has when a person is thinking. When it manifests in dance, as we mentioned, or in other ways, in craftsmanship with, arm, with, with arms, with the hands, it's only seichel. It's an intelligence that is an intelligence around action. It's actually the lowest of faculties within the mind. The way the mind expresses itself in action, in, in activity, in, in, in uh, using arms and legs. Even though the power of, of the, the power that the, the, the I'm sorry, the, the talents and the skills and arms and legs that people have are rooted and are found within the faculty of the mind that's in the brain, it's not the essence. It's not the pure, undiluted intelligence that's in the brain, that's in the head. And now he's saying, he brought how intelligence manifests in the arm and the leg. Now he's talking about intelligence, how it manifests in emotions. So we know that intelligence, for example, a person thinks of something, thinks of something, conceives. So then it evokes and awakens an emotion, a feeling. You know, you, let's say you meditate on something, and then you desire it. You emotionally are drawn and attracted to it. So there too, Seichel, intelligence is manifesting uh, intelligence is manifesting in another faculty outside of the brain. And that is the faculty called emotions. Okay? So what he says here is like this. Even when intelligence... Even intelligence that manifests in feelings and emotions is also not the essence and the real personality of intelligence. Because what is intelligence, the essence of intelligence? Is to conceive of profound and very lofty and sublime ideas that have no relationship at all with emotions and feelings. They're detached from your personal interest or your personal impulses and, 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 uh, and, and feelings about something. When a person is thinking of very profound, abstract ideas, they have no connection to their feelings about it. What you're thinking about is in the actual subject matter, the essence of getting, trying to dig and dissect and get into the essence of a particular idea, that's higher than what it means for me, meaning higher than my feelings about it. It's not like I like it, I don't like it. You're trying to comprehend, trying to capture, trying to master an idea that's a profound idea. That's real intelligence. 
And the intelligence that is has a relationship with feelings, is external, is the external dimension of intelligence. It's already an intelligence that's not in its purest, undiluted form in its own domain, uh, trying to comprehend profound ideas. It's an intelligence that's already diminished and in some way only an external dimension that's dealing with, okay, my feelings about something. Or specifically, especially that's especially the intelligence that's within the feelings, that's usually the abachain, which is the, the end result, the concrete result of a particular idea. That's not the essence and the real personality of intelligence. So, for example, a person is, is uh, philosophizes and conceives of an idea, develops it, and is thinking about it, and then something results. He says, because I just thought of that, that idea results in that, you know what? Based on that, I should be going somewhere and uh, building something, or I should be having a relationship with someone. That end result, the conclusion, is already a, we call it external, already a, an end result of intelligence, not intelligence in its own pure form. It's so-called a product of intelligence. So that's even when intelligence is dealing with emotions. The Kolshkein, and so much more, so much more the intelligence within the movement of the hands and the, and the movement of the legs. That's not the essence of intelligence. So therefore, basically, what we have here is that even though there's an interconnectivity, a slapshus, between one faculty and the next, and the arms, the hands, and the legs can express intelligence, and intelligence definitely manifests there, but it manifests through, number one, is the faculties, not the containers. Number two, it's a reflection of not the essence of the intelligence. As opposed to the hand, the arm or the leg, the hand and the leg, the brain and the, the, the brain inside the head, the physical brain inside the head. Intelligence is actually manifest in real way in the substance, in the matter, in the raw matter of the brain, literally. And then it manifests the essence of intelligence to understand everything, every intelligent and wise concept. Everything that has intelligence in it. So in other words, whether we understand it or not is another story, but when the brain is working, the physical, when the mind is working, the physical brain is the, is the container, is the machine where this is taking place. As opposed to the arms and the legs that just carry a certain message or carry a certain, uh, a certain outer dimension of intelligence. Okay? So the brain is actually cooking. The arm and the leg doesn't cook. Okay? Is your brain cooking now? Good. Why? Because the brain is actually a fitting container, tailored to the energy within the mind. And since it's such a fitting container, that's why. Within it, intelligence gets dressed up, gets revealed, and gets united with, bonds with that container. <coughs> So there, he's, so there he now qualified this whole idea to so saying that er pnimin, internal energy is about an energy in a container. The fact that it manifests in other containers, other faculties, is not a contradiction because here is where the or and keli meet 
is the intelligence inside the brain, the vision inside the eyes. And this is the reason why the organs actually have an impact and influence, impact the faculties that manifest within them in a very physical way, in a very in a very tangible way, according to the personality of the organs. And he's going to explain. Seichel, intelligence, can actually understand physical things. Intelligence on its own is a sublime force. And yet it can understand physical matter. Because the physical brain is allowing the intelligence to relate to the physicality of the universe. And the same thing with sight. The faculty of sight, though on its own is just a faculty, a sublime, intangible faculty, through the eye, actually sees a physical thing. And you can't say this is not the ability to see the physical object. is not from the faculty itself. Because the intelligence that's within the soul on its own, it would only be able, it only is there to, to conceive of and understand spiritual, spiritual and sublime matters. And has no relationship with Understanding physical things. However, when it manifests in the physical matter, the raw matter of the brain, brain matter, how do you masculine It's able to understand and a, a, a material um, wisdom. Something that is physical. And even and even though that even when the mind gets stressed up in the brain, it's still its main function, its main purpose of this intelligence of the soul, and the main purpose of why it descended down to this world, and why it manifested is in order to understand divine matters. So now begins a, uh, a parenthesis. Just repeat that when you said even when the mind gets dressed up? In other words, the soul gets like dressed up Right. they say saying like this. Even when the soul... This, no, no, not before that. Say. Intelligence on its own, as he says, before dresses up in the garments of the body, are spiritual by nature. The seichel, intelligence within the soul on its own, is only understands spiritual matters. It has no connection to physical matters. And it's only when it comes into the physical brain that, that, that it begins to have the ability to understand physical matters. But now he's qualifying this. He says that even when it comes into the physical brain, it's still the purpose, is it for, the purpose of the mind is still to focus on, to understand divine things, not physical things. It's able to understand physical things, but its purpose is to understand divine things. So he quali- so he's in the parentheses, and then he's going to conclude, you know, it's asking a question. So before he answers it, let me continue. In the parentheses, even though, in truth, when you break it down, in truth, every, even physical intelligence, and every physical thing for that matter, has a divine spirit. 
like it says in Tanya, that the main life force within souls, within souls of Israel, is the divine Neshama, divine soul, specifically. So based on that, everything has within it divine, the faculties of the divine soul. And that's why it's very important to take care of the things that we're involved in, the things that we think about. Because everything that a person invests in, everything a person does, everything he's involved with, everything he's active with, all his endeavors, within it, Machnis, he is investing he is he he uh, he uh, brings in what's the word he uh, he he puts into there he invests in there divine powers so in other words he's just qualifying and saying that he's asking the question the question was that even when the brain when the intelligence of the soul manifests in the physical matters it's also in order to understand the divine so he's saying the truth is Everything, everything in the material world is really, is really should be something being used for divine purposes because, because the because the soul and its and its divine faculties are manifesting in all our daily activities. Nevertheless, that even though generally speaking that is true, that you have to find the divine in everything you do, but of course this is so much more so with the intelligence of the divine soul, that it should be using is that it should be thinking of divine matters. So what he's saying is that even as the intelligence of the divine soul manifests within physical things, even there one has to take great care, but especially when you talk about the intelligence of the divine soul on its own, not not as is dealing with um, uh, the, the understanding of the material world, is in order to understand the, the divine things. However, this too is through material things. Because that which we know about the divine, that which we know about the divine is through material things, that from, which allow us, that serve as examples, that from them we come to understand the divine. And therefore also the divine comprehension comes into, somewhat becomes a coarser, comes more materialistic. And it's not the same level of comprehension as the soul would have it before it manifests in the body. So what he's saying is, what he's trying to say is that he's saying because going back to the fact is that every keli, every container is fitting and tailored to the energy that it is manifesting there. And not the same as it manifests only a reflection or the outer dimension in other faculties. So the physical brain is actually has the essence of the mind in there. And that's why it also works backwards. That's why the material aspect, the matter, the raw matter of the brain actually affects 
the divine faculty of intelligence that enters into the brain. And even though, which allows it to think about something that's physical, and even though the purpose of that is to think of divine things, nevertheless, the fact is it's still somewhat, it's still not as divine as it is on its own. It becomes materialized, much more physical, because that's how the divine mind can work in this physical world. So the physical brain is affecting the divine aspect of this faculty in a way that it's making it more coarser, coarser and more material in order to understand, in order to relate to this material world. In the parentheses, he added, in other words, really like three things going on here. There's the way the soul, the way the intelligence is in the soul, there it just thinks of sublime and divine things. There's the way intelligence is inside the brain, the physical brain, and there too, even when it's understanding godly things, it's somewhat materialistic. And then there is, in everything that you think about, even in very material things that you think about, there too you have to always be concerned and care, take care, because you have the divine manifest in there. But that's not the same as the divine faculty of intelligence on its own, as it manifests in the brain and trying to understand the divine, it's also understanding it through material things. Whereas in the parentheses, he's talking about understanding material things and making sure that it also has a divine dimension in it. Clear? Yeah, the first one, again, is just the divine intelligence before the brain. Before the brain. So there's just sublime and divine. The brain allows it to relate to the material. The material allows it to... So the material gives it a certain coarser and more tangible dimension. So even the understanding of the divine is also now through physical things. Yeah. The material world. And then there's, even as the, even as the brain understands intelligence, just plain day-to-day intelligence, there too you have to take care to make sure that it has a divine dimension. The Kozehu, And since, yeah, so now the, the, the intelligence, even the violent challenges comes in Bakshama, somewhat material, materialized, something materialistic, more defined, more tangible, more properties of the container of the material world have affected it. Which is not at all comparable to the intelligence of the soul before it manifests inside of a body. And all this is how the matter, the the chaymer, the tangible matter of the faculty of the of the containers of the organs, affect, impact, and influence the faculties. What's the reason for this? You know, why can't we? Do, why is it this way? Why can't you just say, "Hey, this intelligence of the soul comes into the body, into the brain, and it's not affected by it." And it just maintains its spiritual personality. The answer is because it's coming in pnimi. Because as we said, it's tailored for each other. The ideas in the letters on a page are not ideas that happen to be the letters. The letters and the ideas are become one. With the container and the, and the energy are one. So therefore, and that's the reason for it. The Because the faculties are manifest. They don't just sound like dressing in a garment that you just get out of that garment. This container is where intelligence manifests in a very internalized, penetrating, personalized way. And it becomes united with the container. This energy doesn't remain hovering, detached, abstract. 
it becomes tfisa, it becomes it's graspable, it's grasped, contained in the in the actual container in the containers called the organs. In this case, the brain, let's say. That's why it, the container affects them, that they makes them more materialistic, like the personality and nature of the container. So it's not like you're pouring water, let's say you pour water into a cup that's colored blue or red. The water doesn't change because it's blue or red colored. You know, a tint. However, let's say the cup has in it some particles. Let's say it has oil or has grease or other things. The water itself will be affected by it. Here it's even more so. So this is where the, the soul's energy enters into the container of the body where it actually has, they both impact each other. And here he's talking about how the container and its material nature actually impacts and shapes the, the energy within it because it came in not in a not in a detached way. It actually manifests in a form of tfisa, like it's sitting there. It's internalized there. It's great. Omnom. However, now he goes the other way around. Remember, this is all about an interface. So you'll see the constant dance and battle, like who dominates. Here we just said two things so far. The energy has a fitting container that's waiting for it. And the energy enters into it, the container has impact on it. That's the second thing. So now, of course, then the question is the other way around. Maybe it has too much impact. Maybe it compromises the faculties and the energy. So that's why he says, Omnom, heivorim betelem alakechis. However, these organs are betelem, they're subjugated. The word bitel is important here because that's going to be used consistently. They're subjugated. They are servants of, they serve. And they're, um, they, they're, they're, they are uh, like instruments for these faculties. Because if not, you can't call them, they, then they're not containers for them. If, you know, the, the, the whole premise is here, that's a container for this energy. Fine, the container affects the energy and makes it more tangible and more material, as you said, and so on. But if it was not, a, but, but, if it's, but if it overwhelms the energy, and it's not a container for it. If it's not subjugated to it, then it's not a container for this. If I took a uh, an object that's not a cup and try to pour water into it, let's say you know it's a flat, flat plate, the flat plate wouldn't contain it. So it's not a container. So a container, by definition, means it's ready to contain that which is being con- contained within it. Letters on a page are communicating an idea. If these letters are not fitting containers, they're not containers. So the letters are subjugated to what the idea that they convey. So the the varim, the the organs, and the body parts are subjugated to the faculties, or else they're not containers. The faculties have dominance and governance, control over these organs. And they run, and they and they uh, lead them. They have ownership. You can say authority and manhigemaisim, and they govern them. And what's the reason for this? You know why? Why is it the fact you could argue? Yeah, you know what? Once the energy becomes the container, the container takes control and dominates. The answer is because the faculties 
are revealed within the organs. They're not concealed. See, if they were concealed, then you can say that not only does a greasy cup turn the water greasy, it completely turns it into pure grease. No. The water is still maintained there. It's still revealed there. So it's true that the brain, the physical brain, has some material impact on the spiritual idea of the soul's faculty of intelligence, but it doesn't dominate. It doesn't overwhelm. It shapes it, and definitely, you can say, it diminishes and makes it more coarse in a certain way, but the faculties are still revealed and therefore have dominance. They're revealed inside the the, the organs. That's why they govern them. And this itself is because the containers are fitting containers to the spirit of the Eretz and Eretz, the spirit of the the soul's energy. If they, as I said, if they're not containers that are fitting to it, they wouldn't be containers. So it goes back and forth. The, the, every energy has a container that fits it. Energy manifests inside the container, and the container has an impact on the energy. But its impact on the energy is not is, is such that it's still subjugated to that energy, and it's a and because it's a fitting container to that energy, it is able to. It's more refined than just a container, just a raw container. It's a refined container that's refined and tailored to the refinement of the energy within it. It impacts it, but it's still subjugated to it. And that's why the faculties are the ones that run the show. Because these kalim, because these containers are fitting, are refined and fitting to the faculties that, 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 that enter them, that's why those faculties are revealed in them. So it goes both ways. Because the faculties are revealed in them, that's why they govern them. But why are they revealed in them? Because the containers are receptive and are fitting to receive them. And that's why they reveal in them. And once they reveal, they govern them. Because we have, by contracts, it's known that sometimes you have the opposite. But is that what you said? Once they reveal, then they control? That's not what I said. Once the containers reveal the energy. I didn't say they reveal the energies. I said that the energies fit into the containers, the containers impact on the energy. Correct. But they're subjugated to them. Yes. Why are they subjugated? Because the because the energy is revealed within them. Why are they revealed in them? Because the containers allow the containers are fitting containers right. that allow them to be revealed. So so therefore, once they're revealed, the containers follow the orders and are governed right. by them. Right. That's but now he's going to contrast it. There's an opposite situation. And that's how we'll appreciate, to appreciate how these, how a healthy body works, we have to see a situation where it doesn't work properly. So the example he's going to give is a mystical example, but it's obviously there are physical examples too, which I shall mention. We know there's, for example, a situation, the situations where the garment, the thing that's dressing up the entity, governs and controls that which is being dressed up. In other words, as I mentioned before, you can have a situation where the container controls the energy other than the other, way, the other way around. It shouldn't be the other way around, but you have a situation like that. And he gives an example from mysticism. 
Like we find in reincarnation, God forbid. Reincarnation, you could have a situation where a soul, a human soul, for example, can evolve and reincarnate inside of a stone even, inside of, inside of a plant, inside of an animal. So who's in control then? There the soul is called as Golis. It's inside of an exile. It's held hostage. That would be the equivalent of you not being able to use all your faculties, but you're being put into a prison or into a sack. So if someone ties you up in a sack, God forbid, then the sack controls, and that's when the container dominates. And obviously that's not a healthy situation. I'm sure in health you could also find examples where the container overwhelms the energy to the point where the energy no longer is able to really govern. you have any example for that? Cancer. Okay. Cancer, where the, uh, where the, uh, the form, the cell, overrides the life force within it. And it goes berserk. There you go. The cells override the life force within it in cancer. The reason for that is because the, gar- the, 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 the garment, the thing that is dressing up the energy, is not really a container. That's perfect because the cells are not containers for energy in, in cancer. They're an entity unto their own. They're a monster of their own. So s- since it's not a container, since it's not a container, the soul does not reveal itself there, and therefore everything gets goes awry. Where you have the containers dominating and controlling and holding hostage that which is in it, because it's not really a container for it. However, when it comes to the soul dressing up into the the body of our organs, the actual the actual organs, they are containers. And the faculties are revealed in them. And that's why they rule. And dominate over them to govern them, to rule them, to 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 control them. So we have all these elements. That number one is it manifests hislapsus. Number two, the faculties are revealed in them because the containers are containers to them, and that's why the faculties govern them. Now he's adding another element. You know, you can have, for example. The other way around. I mean, this is so beautiful because he shows you every angle. Can okay, now we just conclude, we just we just uh, we just eliminated the possibility where the containers are not really containers and they take control over the energy. But now the other way around. The way the energy controls the faculty, the, the faculties control the containers or the organs. Is it in position or is it willing or is it pleasant? Is it natural rather? Because and you see here. He's bringing the other case that it's not imposed. Because they are containers for each other, because they are tailored for each other, and the container is a perfect container for this energy, and it affects it, but at the same time it's subjugated to it because it's revealed within it, because it's a container for it. That's why That's why this governance, this control of the faculties over the organs are not through force. They're not coercion. They're not persuasion. They're not imposition. It's not that the faculties are forcing the organs to follow their orders. They work through them by simply manifesting in them and revealing themselves through them. The power of vision goes into the eye. It doesn't tell the eye, listen, you're interested in one thing. I'm telling you, use, use that eye to see something. 
because it's tailored for each other, they are like have a relationship. It's natural. It's flowing seamless without any imposition, without any orders. For Yuvan will understand this. We can understand this in how the faculties manifest to one another. We spoke before how in the air pnimi, in internal energy, faculties manifest to one another, like intelligence in the arm or in the leg and so on. So we'll understand this relationship between the, the, the light, the, the energy in the container. Like, for example, intelligence that manifests in the power of movement of the arms, of the fingers, the hands. And it governs the manhiga, governs it in the malechus in the in the wisdom, in the work of artistry, art, art, art craftsmanship, artistry, artist work, and similar. It's not in a forcing way. It's not with coercion. It influences, it influences, it impacts on it that it should go, it should, it should follow according to the way the mind has uh, directed it, how the way the mind has concluded. The way the mind understands it, the way the mind has is uh, dictates. The it's not like willpower, which affects all the faculties and the organs. Willpower is through dominance. It's through control. It forces things to do things its way, compels it to do it its way. Because willpower is fundamentally a higher and a more powerful and an elevated, exalted faculty. That's why when willpower is revealed, when someone just wants something, that's what I want, he can, he can force that the faculties be revealed. You know, with sheer willpower, the sheer willpower, the sheer, the sheer drive of will can force things to happen. And the same, thing, and, and the same with organs when they listen to the will. They completely become subjugated. They completely become, uh, what's the word for it? Um, not annihilated. They completely lose, they become completely lost before the willpower. In other words, when a person wants something, and especially with a certain, um, uh, with a certain, um, or stubbornness. Yeah, so then they dominate. And the advarim, the organs, all become like, like you know, like they fall to the floor in in subjugation to the will. but that's will because it's makif. But in the internal faculties, it's not that way. In internal, in the internalized faculties, it's not that way. Because when a higher faculty because not because however how it is in premium it's when uh, the the that when you affect the lower faculty that it should follow the orders or the way the conclusion of the higher faculty that comes in an internalized way that comes in an internalized way through Manifestation and through revelation.
Let me just... So when these inter- internal vice faculties, when a lower faculty is being impressed upon by a higher faculty, which is an internalized way, they stop through his galus, through dressing itself up in that level, and his galus and revealed, as we said, that the, cont- that the energy is revealed, is manifest, and is revealed in the container. Like, for example, when the mind rules the heart. You say, the mind rules the heart. So the heart tells you one thing, your emotions are drawn to something, and the mind says, it's not good for you. That's not a dominance and an authority that is forcing. The mind is, is weakening the intensity of the emotional impulse and refining it. So it's not like a command, an order coming from a king or from willpower. Here the mind is, is essentially persuades and it's powerful enough to because it's internalized it's telling the heart and weakening its, its, its um, uh, the nature of the emotion. The willpower wouldn't weaken it. Willpower says, "I don't care. You just don't, don't, don't. You have to listen to me." The mind actually impacts the heart to, to not want it because it's convinced by the mind that this is not good for me. Like he says in Tanya, the reason for this is because the heart receives life from the mind. Just like the heart pumps blood into the brain, the brain and the nervous system, the central nervous system controls the heart. That's why the mind dominates over the heart. So it's not just an outside order, like a king saying, I don't care what you feel, this is not what you're going to do. I'm ordering you to, to control yourself. The mind manifests itself in the heart and convinces it in an internalized way. Because that means that that means that because this is because because this is through the fact due to the fact that the heart is a keli is a container to the mind that's where the mind dominates over the heart in that air pnimi in an internalized way and the same is with the dominance of all the faculties in the organs that it all comes naturally not through imposition and the same thing now he's going to explain in spiritual level. Same thing spiritually. The divine soul manifests inside the animal soul. The divine soul rules and governs over the animal soul. It's not in a form of Compelling, compelling it and coercion by force. But it's by affecting it, by repairing it, by refining it, by educating it. That the animal soul should agree to the matters that concern of the divine soul. Until the point that the animal soul, the selfish animal soul, should also desire and want divine things. As he sells elsewhere. So again, this is not through uh, coercion, it's through the fact that it actually is persuading it and, and it educates it and refines it. And all this is because the organs are fitting containers that are tailored to the spirit 
and to the sublime nature, subtle nature of the soul. And that's why the faculties reveal and work through them. And them and affect them and affect them. As we said, they govern them. And that's why the other way around also. Just like the energy is revealed and works through the containers and affects them, the same thing is the matter, going back to the raw matter of the organs, affect also the faculties. And according to their shape and form of the containers, like we said with the grease example, that's how the revelation of the faculties reveal within those containers. So he's going to give an example. Mm. Like, for example, uh, like certain foods you eat that may, may, that may thicken your brain, so to speak, you know, the, the heavier foods. And they actually can affect how you think. You know, like moods are affected by foods we eat. Why is that? Because those moods affect the containers. So when the energy enters the containers the energy is weakened by that particular personality of what the containers are like. Does that make sense? Okay. So he says, Like, for example, the way the actual brain, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like temperature. It's um, physical make. According to that will be how the, the intelligence will reveal itself. For example, if the mind is too dry and hot, mm. he's using here some of the terms from, uh, you know, the different examples, things that are dry and hot, things that are dry and and uh, and cold. There are things that are moist and hot and things that are moist and cold. You know, there's four different, yeah. four different states. What are they called? They could use them today? Yeah, not too much. <clears throat> but they'll get the idea. So he says, when the Mezaga Mayach, when the so-called, the, that's the, what do we say, there's the, the alloy, you know, the Mezaga, the, the, the temperature, the barometer, the, the, the humidity, not the, the air quality, or the quality, the quality of the mind, the quality of its physical brain, is Yavash Vacham, is dry and, and warm, too much, too, you know, excessively so. Excessively warm and hot. The quality of the intelligence will not really be very good. And if the quality of the environment in the brain is cold and wet and moist, too much, too excessively cold and wet, it's also not good for fluid thinking. A quality that's in, that's that's uh, a median quality, a median. In between cold and moist, and hot and dry. According to that quality of the physical brain, in commensurate to that will be how this, the intelligence will manifest. The mezig tev. In a uh, good quality, in baskola be'emek, in understanding something in depth, a berechiv or in breath, or baskola's dakis, or very subtle v'tzachis and very refined and subtle ideas of kahigavna, etc., and, and, and similar. 
That's in the mind. So we see here now how the container impacts the energy. Same thing is with vision. We spoke, that's another example of a faculty, a primi, or a primi where the vision of the, uh, a vision of the faculty of sight enters the container of the eye. That according to how the physical eye makeup, physical eye is made up, in the darkness of the pupil and the whiteness of the, what's white and what's dark, the pupil and the red, whatever. The darkness and the b'shach of eleven in dark and light. Sheboy in the eye kachiyove eradia haruchnis. That's how the spiritual light of the vision will enter the eye. Well, konoyde the gam inyan. Well, konoyde like it's known the gam inyan tev ayin vera ayin. Even the thing of like a, what we call calling a good eye or an evil eye. You know, to look at something with a good eye, or look at something with a bad eye, is also dependent in the quality of the physical eye makeup. If there's too much blood in them, or too little blood. This is another discussion, but I think it needs elaboration, which I'll do next time. Mm-hmm. But basically, just saying, trying to say that sometimes how the eye is made up, physical eye is made up, the quality will affect how you see things and what you look at, mm-hmm. even the mood. Like it sells elsewhere. And in general, according to the quality and the makeup of the of the blood within the body and the mind, I'm sorry, the blood and the water within the body, within the organs of the body, Adam, Adam is made up of the words Alav Dam. Aleph, Dam. Aleph is the letter Aleph. And Dam is blood. According to this is the quality of the spiritual faculties. So in other words, the mixture of blood and water inside of a body, physical body, affects the faculties that enter and how they work. Like for example, a person who is by nature an angry person. Or a person who is very quiet and calm by nature. This is according to the combination and the makeup and the inter hakova, the alloying of the different different ingredients of blood, water inside the physical body. And there's also a situation where there's where there's abundance of blood. That it should cause um, a good com- a good quality of the waters inside the body. Like it speaks about the admoni. This I have to look up. The person who is very red, meaning the person who is very red, hot blood, but he has uh, a with beautiful eyes, a beautiful way of looking at things. So sometimes an intensity, hot bloodedness can cause a person's uh, way of looking at things very positively. I, again, I'm going to look it up and I'll explain it. But a few more lines and we finish this chapter. So we establish now that the containers affect the energy, the energy affects the containers, they, the containers are subjugated to the energy and all the different scenarios. All this, by the way, is an example and will be played itself out when he speaks about how this is in the divine 
organism. Even though the faculties and their containers, the organs are not relative to each other. The faculties are spirit, are spiritual. They're not tangible. They're spirit. And the organs are physical. Nevertheless, nevertheless, because since they manifest in them, and according to the quality of the containers is the quality of the energy, of the faculties, we must say, you have to say that even in the physical nature of the organs, there's something that is some commonality, something similar to the nature of the spirit, of the sublime spirit of the soul. Which is what allows them to be appropriate containers to receive this spirit. Because if the containers were not at all commensurate, they weren't fitting to the spirit of the human being, human being's faculties. You know, for example, if you took a, a brain of a rat and put it inside of a, God forbid, a human being, it, 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 it's not going to work. You know, so that means that you have to say that even though they're distantly apart, the physical brain and the intelligence are so far apart, but you have to say because they, they work that way, they are manifest to one another, and one affects the other, you have to say that they are in some way closer, and that the, even the physical brain in some way has some similarities, some tastes, some, uh, some similarities, some commonality with the, with the spirit of the soul's energy that goes and that enters. Like we see, for example, the the glow of the eye, okay, the light of the eye, is keli It's a container to the ability to see. If the eye looked like the air, it would not be able to see. The eye has a translucency and a transparency, and you see it has a certain refine that's fitting to the power to see. You know, it's definitely an object. The eye is a physical matter, but it's not physical, for example, like a finger. It's a physicality that's transparent, that's translucent, that's uh, opaque. So it allows light in and light out, and that's necessary for vision to work. So you, so you have to say the eye is has some commensurate, some type of identification, some relationship, some similarity with the energy which is entering into it. Like anything that is... Uh, that is opaque receives light. Okay, because, for example, if you just have a dark, if, if if the eyes were were closed, or if you just have a black, a black hole, it won't allow light in and out. So it has malutus means a type of like transparent, a certain opaque curtain. The same thing is with the physical matter of the brain, that it's moisture. And it's and it's uh, the subtlety. Has some similarity to the nature of intelligence itself. I'll read the summary and then we'll be done. Kitzer, this is the summary. He begins to explain how efforts been a kessel the shari spheres. He begins to explain the difference between kesser and the other spheres. As we said, kesser is the first will, and other spheres are primia, the in, internal faculties. Will is Makif. And he begins to explain with an example, Benefesh, Moshal of the example of the human soul. 
Shekola Kechis, all the faculties of Boreshim Kechasechel, headed by the, the power of intelligence, and Kechis Primim. They're all internalized faculties. And that's why they manifest specifically in Dafka deliberately in their fitting and tailored containers. The Yaskir Bektsar, and he mentions in short, in brief, he mentions the manifestation of intelligence in faculties that are lower than it, like the arms and the legs. And this is the reason that the that the, the organs cause some type of materialism, some type of tangibility in the faculties. Well, the hepech, and also the opposite chain, betalin, that they're subjugated to the faculties. And the faculties govern them and rule them and run them. And in a form of erprimi, internalized, in a way that it reveals itself to them, refining them not through coercion. And the revelation of these faculties is according to the quality of the organs. And this we conclude chapter 2. And we're uh, finished today, chapter 2, which was pages 3, 4, and 5. So we're at the bottom of page 5, chapter 2.